All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's everything? I'm a little sickish. I'm sickly. I'm sickish. Sick. Uh, I don't know, man. Woke up yesterday. Body was not in check. Shit was not in check. Stuff was going wrong. A little feverish. Some stomach issues. Don't need to get too graphic. Felt a little buggy, a little achy. A little, uh, God damn it. I've been running too hard, folks. Been pushing the envelope. Been overworking it. But I don't know. Maybe I got a bug. Maybe it'll go away by tomorrow. I hope so because I got things to do. You know what I mean? So today on the show, John Michael Higgins. Yeah, that guy. From all those Christopher Guest movies. Very funny. He lives down the street from me. I had no ideas. Uh, I'm surprised we're not hanging out and talking once a week. That was a good time. It was a good, co- it was a good conversation. I enjoyed it immensely. And special treat, Maria Bamford stops by because she's got some things going on. And I, Who doesn't love Maria Bamford? Uh, I, would, I think every WTF should just be me and Maria Bamford interviewing each other perhaps. But uh, yeah, so I don't know what's wrong with me. Let, let me get some business out of the way because it's Mark and WTF related business. And I want to I remind you to not forget that you can pre-order the new WTF book, Waiting for the Punch, Words to Live By, from the WTF podcast. If you go to WTFpod.com or MarkMarinBook.com to get it. I gave a copy to my mom. My mom's, she was in town for a few days. I'm not attaching the sickness to that at all. I, I made it through two and a half days and then I got sick, but I'm not, I'm not hanging that on her. I think it's just exhaustion and a bug. Wouldn't do that to her. But my mom, back to the point, my mom took a galley copy of the book and could not put it down. She was just fascinated by it and enjoying it immensely. If you want an advanced copy of that book, you can come to BookCon on June 3rd in New York City. I'll be there with Brendan McDonald talking about the book, and you can get a copy before anyone else does, and we'll be signing them. So go to thebookcon.com, thebookcon.com to get your tickets. They're 35 bucks right now, but the price will go up in a couple weeks. And with your ticket, you can see all the other panels and presentations, not just me and Brendan, Jeffrey Tambor, Dan Brown, and Margaret Atwood all have panels on the same day. So come down, see us, get a book, see a bunch of great talks. Also, folks speaking of books i did what i wanted to mention this because i got the book and I've, i haven't mentioned it but it's kind of a cool book it's a very cool book uh it's a book i'm in it's called footnotes from the world's greatest bookstores by new yorker cartoonist bob Eckstein. it's got beautiful illustrations and then there are these stories from people like me david bowie terry gross philip glass jonathan ames and more about bookstores and it's a beautiful book and uh, i would pick it up i i'm in it and I forgot, I forgot I was in it and I forgot to mention it before. It makes a great Mother's Day gift, so go pick it up wherever you get books, but especially at your neighborhood independent bookstore. But let's talk on about, uh, for, if we could, my mother came out Wednesday. I picked her up at the airport and we, did, uh, we hung out for a few days. I put her at a hotel in Pasadena because there's no room at my house for my mother. This is not, that's not going to happen. So we we did the things, you know, Sarah and I and my mom, we did museums. We went to the Broad Museum. We went to the uh, the uh, L.A. Contemporary Art Museum. We uh, went out to eat some things. We saw the Tim Robbins play Harlequino. 
down the actors gang. I just loaded it up and I did things that I never do, like go out and do things. I was supposed to do stand up the other night and she was going to come, but I just couldn't, uh, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't manage it. I couldn't because I got sick. I, again, it's not my mom. She's gone now, but it's not her. So congratulations, France. Uh, there is a little bit of hope that the entire world is not drifting into some sort of horrendous populist fascism for the time being. Uh, we'll hold it back as long as we can. I'm 40, and, and I'm glad we helped out by setting a horrendous example for you. <laughs> oh, my God. My tummy hurts. Look, folks, Maria Bamford is a close friend of mine. She lives down the street, and I love her. Her new stand-up special is Maria Bamford, Old Baby. It's now streaming on Netflix. Season two of her Netflix show, Lady Dynamite, premieres this summer. And I was thrilled to have her by the house to have a little chit-chat. So this is me and Maria. What's happening, Maria Bamford? Well... I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. It has been a while. I've walked... From my house to your house, which is twenty minute walk, yeah, twenty two minutes. To yeah, be how was it? Realistic. Uh, it was still a little hot on the head near the end. Should have brought a hat. No, oh, because and of the sun. The yeah, the sun turns out is a very powerful yeah thing. Yeah, can do a lot of damage <laughs> and also a lot of good in the world. And a lot of good. <laughs> Goes both ways that sun. It does. And that hill at the end. That's you know that's not easy. No, that's uh. Well, it's definitely. I'm glad I'm being tracked uh, yeah. by my phone so that I oh. I know how much I've earned. Oh, I thought you said in case you went down. <laughs> that's where down. my brain goes. That's you're well, like optimistic and just see how many calories you burned off. And I'm like, yeah, if you're dead, I hope you don't have it auto lock because it's not going to help you. <laughs> oh, is that something? If they find your phone can they locate me or do i have to sign up for something to find my dead body somewhere with my iphone on well no someone would have to report your phone lost <laughs> in order for that would, it's that a, seems, that's a roundabout way to do it if you have the do you yeah. know did you sign up for that thing where <laughs> someone steals your phone the phone locator so someone would have to be like i haven't seen marie in a few days how do we find her let's report her phone stolen <laughs> see if it comes up on the map Oh, which is probably makes sense because that's most of what we know about each other is each other's phone numbers, or at least that's the information we have in yeah. our, is like, oh, like and I you, don't know right. my parents' phone number, but I know. What, their cell phone number? But it's on your phone. It's on my phone. I know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, I realized that the other day, like maybe I should rem- memorize Sarah's phone number because if I don't have my computer or my phone yeah. uh, and I'm in trouble because I've lost both those things. Yeah. If I lost my computer and my phone, I would have I I would be able to call myself. Mm. Yeah, who should we call? Well, let's just see if my phone rings. Maybe it's close by. <laughs> I I did I did memorize uh my beloved's phone number Scott because somehow I thought is that his name yeah, yeah. I thought that would was meaningful to me at the, I thought. <laughs> That's the least I could do for him. Yeah, I felt, but I know he doesn't have mine. So, it, but and I don't take that personally. So I don't know what he seems in it for the duration. So <laughs> he's not uh, going anywhere with, with, with or without a phone number. With or without a phone number, he seems to be concerned. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Of my whereabouts. Did, what? What's um? 
what's happening over with the new TV show, the next season? Is did, it done? Did this uh, second season of Lady Dynamite? It's not on yet, is it? No. How'd it come out? I think it was very good. Of yeah. course, I think I have an inside bias uh, as I am receiving well, you would a paycheck. So, yeah, it's the least you can do for yourself is be biased towards your own show. There's no really, there's no way to blame anybody else. Yeah, you know, it was okay, but the lead was, mm, I don't know, Ooh, not great. We could have uh, done some recasting there. It's like, mm. I know I tried to get that. That was the funny part. I was, it was so exhausting last year. Did yeah. not. I did not take in the dream coming true would mean that I would actually have to put out a lot of energy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And 15-hour day, I said to myself, hey, can this year, can that be a part of the plot that I'm too tired to do my own show? And I'm always played by one scene during the show by like a button or a pair of pants or, you know, or, you know, an actual actor who needs work or, you know, just any sort of... Um, animate or inanimate object that uh, needs m- money. Yeah, that might be reminiscent of me. Right. You know, it couldn't mean, but because we, there's so many Did great. Did you do that? Uh, again, I pitched. Uh, this an answer, another interesting thing about having your own show. It's also uh, democratic. Yeah. Uh, at least I prefer to be democratic. Uh, the vote was no. Uh, they wanted to have some. Uh, they wanted you <laughs> and not a pair of pants. Yeah. To, to do the part of you. <laughs> What, what, what they don't have any courage they did, they preferred maria over the button idea <laughs> little ham sandwich uh that just moves around <laughs> it doesn't even work as a mouth yeah, it's just it, a ham yeah, sandwich. it's not even animated in any way you just have to move it from scene to scene uh, i just thought it'd be delightful but it is interesting how much you know, i just didn't know how much work went into it which is Sad and hilarious. Well, yeah, because there's like when it's your show and you're producing and you're acting and you're part of the writing, it's like you got to be there for all the writing, you got to be there for all the acting, and it's nice if you're in the editing room. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't even do that. I didn't do any of the writing. I, I just went in and had a salad every once in a while and said, oh, I'd never say that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then like, I nev- never went into editing and I didn't do any of the directing either. I just, uh, I did the least I could have done. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, that's good. It's nice that you're able to not uh, micromanage shit and you're not a control freak. Well. It's uh, just hard enough getting through the day, isn't it? It really is. I was amazed that I woke up this morning. I was just like, good work, good work. The bookkeeper comes at 930. You're not going to be able to do that on your own. You don't want to get audited by the IRS for the fifth time. Really? Come on, Bamford. Get a move on. Comb. Comb the side of your head. One side at least. You got, you've been audited five times? Uh, yeah, four times. Uh, but it was when I was just a sole proprietor and re- received W-2s and 1099s, it seems like the IRS had a real hard time with that. Did I guess that's a that. red flag, the self-employed, uh, disorganized person. This person I, I, get, I, get I, a lot of paperwork, doesn't seem to manage it. I am not disorganized. I am, uh, I... Oh, really? I keep all my receipts in a bucket. I You do? I, oh, God, I make Still? it... Still? Yeah. I, I, I hated that part of being a young comic and having to deal when people tell you what you got to do. You got to keep them all. I'm like, What? <laughs> And like I do like a week of envelopes and it just kind of drifted yeah. into like a bag of things and then to sort of like, fuck it, fuck it. I'll, let's just pick a number. And if they come after me, I'm, that's it. I, I'm i doing a commencement speech for my alma mater. You are? Uh, the University of Minnesota 
College of Liberal Arts. And I just want to talk about money with the, like, that's all I want to do, which is so awful. But then I was like, that that is the one very important thing that has been about work is, uh, hey, hey am I, how much are you going to pay me and when, when's it going to happen? Uh, <laughs> and, and that is that people, the name of the speech? Yeah, that's exactly. That school is good school? Uh, I I hope so. I mean, yeah. I just, I want to say that it is because, of course, how how else would they? You know, it was rigorous. Um, I you graduated I, from there? Yeah, I took six years to graduate from different universities. So I went to mm-hmm. Bates and then I, Bates College, and then I went to University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Thought mm-hmm. about becoming Scottish. Yeah, how that um, couldn't get the degree wasn't available. It was available when you explained it to them. <laughs> no, I want to become Scottish. <laughs> With all the, all the things you people do, <laughs> yeah, does that sound racist? <laughs> because it is. Um, uh, no. Then I decided uh, that I well, I didn't really decide. <laughs> I got so depressed that I had to come home mm. and um, went through some uh, Ugh, glorified treatment program. Depression like, in another country is the worst because oh. you already feel alienated and weird, <laughs> and they don't even have the right cereal. Right. Or they're trying to give you the remedies yeah. for depression that they do in their yeah, culture, yeah, like, yeah. like herbal. I just remember this one meditation class where we spent about ten minutes discussing which herbal tea we'd want. I'm just like, oh my god, I think <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill myself. I think for some people, I think uh, whatever works, whatever you believe works. Perhaps if you aren't truly depressed, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, that's terrible. I heard that's that. Very, no, that's you said judge, that out that's loud. That's very judgmental. No, I, I think. There are levels of depression, mm. and sometimes you need to kick it up a notch. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. Of course, I did have a cold brew about four hours ago, so talk to me in an hour. Did you get that uh, Cafe de Leche? I didn't, I, but I uh, I got it at UCB because I'm, I'm taking classes at the UCB. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset. And I, they have improv classes there. Have you heard? I'm familiar with the school at the UCB. You're taking improv classes? Yes, my husband, Scott Marvel mm. Cassidy, was taking, he took improv 101 and 102, and he was having such a great time. I said, why can't I? And he said, you can. And uh, so I signed up for 101. It's tons of fun. Now, but... But you're Maria Bamford. Who gives a shit? I, I give a shit. No, but nobody cares. And Is that true? Oh, yeah. And there are tons of people who are um, on TV, who are YouTube stars, you know, people like <laughs> who are in those in those classes. You know, it's not. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, I met another a writer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was taking the one-on-one class. Wow, it really is it was, a, just um, a, a sort of a practical, almost self-help, motivational thing. Well, it's fun in that you can kind of takes me out of uh, my uh, brain about stand-up because I think I get a bit uh, well you you generally you're used to to well and also you you generally create the people you'd like to be talking to yeah Yeah, and and I would like to be able to talk to to be less afraid of what happens in the crowd because sometimes I still get freaked out if something happens in the crowd and it's like oh no it's it, this is wonderful that then something's happening. Uh, what do you mean? If somebody says something? <clears throat> well, yes, if somebody says something or you get, is are, loud. What, what or, do you do? Uh, I freeze up a little bit. Like I feel it in my knees. They kind of get a little jiggly, jiggly, like, oh, jiggly, no. jiggly. This is my time. And I get, yeah, I get a little defensive, like a, a gorge rises. <laughs> and um, Or my gorge rises. I'm not sure of the use of that mm-hmm. term. And 
I've never heard it. What, really? Yeah, I like it. Okay, all right. I just let it go. Like I, a lot of times, people say things in here, and I just smile, and I go like, I guess that's a thing. Well, I'll just pretend like I know <laughs> what that is. I appreciate that, Mark, because I'm not, I'm not exactly sure now that now that you're not certain, I'm not certain. Well, what do I know? You spent time in Scotland. It could be one of those weird, folky, <laughs> gorge rising. Well, the thing is, I feel like I want to vomit. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and is what I'm trying to say, and yeah. the. And then I either say something where I get kind of defensive, mm. which I feel bad about because I just go, oh, I don't want to feel that way. Well, you want to do that comic thing like, hey, you shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. yeah but mine may be slightly more oh, passive aggressive than that. Like, but oh, it's, that's not your time to talk. But it, I think it just would be so much more interesting to actually be there with that person because that person's an individual and like hear That's what, what their particular yeah. i'm sure yes you're very good at it well it i mean but yeah it's me like naturally it's like not it, i don't sometimes it, you know you don't know what you're getting into like you know a lot of time in my crowds i don't get hostile hecklers yes but some people will add a little something yes and i'll and if i didn't hear it i'll be like wait what 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 and then they'll say it again i'm like really is that why we're stopping the flow <laughs> what do you and then, you know, you just have a discussion about it and you move through it. And, you know, you have enough chops that you're going to make it funny. But, you know, I don't expect everything. <laughs> I don't expect to be a gem. You know, if you want to yeah. improv with the yeah. crowd, realize you're the only professional in yeah. that equation. <laughs> but they might be. I mean, sometimes there are a lot of comics in the crowd. Like, it depends on what city you go to. Sometimes there'd be a lot of comics. Well, you don't the think they're the ones chiming in, though. That's, well, that may be true. Sometimes they say funny things, and that that's the other thing, is like if they say something funnier than you, you're just going to have to take the hit. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just be be humble. And thank God. Yeah, God yeah, yeah. Come what a relief. At this terrible time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just when I needed you. Um, you're not getting a cut because we had no prior agreement. No, you're not a show. I didn't agree to anything. <laughs> so what What did we, what did you, what, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> What is happening? My Netflix special <laughs> comes eight uh, May second. Now, did you do the last one you did for your parents? Did you do this alone this time, or, or this, is there a crowd? The yeah. idea is, uh, I loved the initial idea. I had this friend who yeah. we met, and she said, "Yeah, you said you're a comedian." She tells a story in front of people about how we met. Yeah. Every time we, I first met you, and I was like, "She's like," she said she was a comedian. I was like, mm, "Okay, good for you." <laughs> Then I saw her, she said she was doing an open mic at a bookstore. So I went, I was like, hmm, oh, oh, I see. I mean, she's kind of mumbling, but then I saw her at this like little theater show and I was like, she's doing, I mean, she's gotten pretty good. Then I saw you (laughs) at this and then I saw you on TV and I was like, you're good. And this is like, you know, five years ago or whatever. You know, and I'm like, I just think it's so funny that the amount of people watching is so important to how people think something is good or not. Right. And uh, so... So anyways, it starts out with just me by myself talking in a mirror, and then it goes into me talking to my husband and my dogs, then me talking to a park bench full of people, hot dog stand, bookstore, uh, inside of a living living room, mm-hmm. theater, then mass theater, then the universe. What's the, How'd you shoot the universe? Uh, the universe is on green screen. <laughs> 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 we went we went out into space, Mark. That's amazing. It was a very high budget project. <laughs> out into space. Netflix has like an endless budget. They do. It's like and NASA. Like, <laughs> they didn't argue with you at all. Get Branson on the phone. We'll do the first <laughs> test flight up and we'll shoot this thing. It'll be a first for everybody. 
<laughs> you know where there isn't stand-up comedy? Space. Space. <laughs> Has never been done. Never been done. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you do those shows. Yes, I do. Every I mean, Everyone who pitches me a show that starts up in this neighborhood, <laughs> like no matter what the size, if it's at Dave's Chilling and Grilling <laughs> or at the Eagle Rock Community Center, they're like, Maria did it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why I won't. Yeah, no, it's... It's a little, but you work. That that one's good, but but you can still get Which find one? yourself in a pickle. <laughs> well, the, the Eagle Rock Center. That that one was very good. No, I, I have no problem with it. I just I don't find I have the time, and if I need to do the stage time, I've really pulled away from most of the alt and micro rooms. I get it. Because like if I'm in town, I'll just go to the comedy store yeah, and just, knock it out. Yeah. And try to get some work done i know it's exciting for me and maybe for people who run the show and the few people that are there if i go maybe but like a lot of times it doesn't turn out great no no i, t- I totally i get it because uh, you've got to use your time wisely and uh yes i used I, to go do that ramada do you remember that oh, Ram- I love the ramada yes. the paul hughes had yeah. that show like it, when i first got to la and i couldn't get any on anywhere else i used to go out and it was terrible but it was like I built bits there. I don't know how. It wasn't with any help of the audience. <laughs> the audience wasn't, wasn't being helpful at all. Um, yeah, no, well, that's the thing. Now, you, the, the nice thing as you get further in comedy is you can avoid failure far more easily. Yeah, yeah. You want to fail on a bigger scale. Yeah, like yeah. you get hired for something and then you, you go, fail, somebody yeah. goes, oh, I hired you because I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> you should have asked the 1,000 people that you... Are who don't know have me this in that conference. room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god i went down so fast we, there's Where? um a it conference was, thing it was a conference for um, hard, psychologists man. and um, was it during therapists. was it oh, was it in the morning it no it was uh evening it was for this magazine called the psychotherapy networker mm-hmm. and which i actually enjoy that magazine i've read it before in therapist office delightful yeah um turns out when mental health professionals hear about someone joking about suicide they are taking it seriously and they are not you know this mm-hmm. isn't their go-to for uh relaxation right so so you just created a lot of concern a lot of concern <laughs> and confusion and so i mean it's so sad when you see somebody who you admire like there's this one couples famous couples therapist called Har- his name harville Hendricks. yeah he was in the you know one of the front rows and yeah. he was just like just Looking like, like you, oh no, you sad thing. You're I was in like, trouble. I will never read your book. I will never fill out any of your graphs again, my friend. <laughs> well, that's a, that's the worst look in, on an audience face. It's like disdain is better than concern. Yeah, yeah, concern you, is okay. Yeah, I don't mind concern. Uh, well, no, I, it bothers me. Like it's like, wait, no, this is funny. I know it's funny. Is it? Did I lose the funny part? Yeah. Like you know, because when when you speak from your heart, you you know, like. It's just, it's a very fine, it's a very, it's a very thin line between just sad horribleness and funny. So if you're not tuned just right, they're going to see right through it. And they're like, oh, that person's in trouble. Well, they're a part of it. So it's not always up to, at least I feel like it's not always up to me how the show goes. Because if if they're putting their part into it and they're not, uh, don't like (laughs) it. This is a perfect one-on-one example. I was doing a joke for my friend Amy, and her, her brother said, "Oh, I want to listen." <laughs> Halfway through the joke, he just walks away. He just, just 
you know, and it's one of my jokes where I'm going back and forth in characters yeah, yeah. and it goes with thing. <laughs> and he just walks out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, you know, um, <laughs> couldn't sit it out. No, couldn't even sit it out. I'm like, this is a one minute bit, and you wanted to listen, and then no, yeah. too painful. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get go. It. I get it. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, this special then does it work linearly, or is it each? Is it a series of of segments then? How segments. You- yeah. So it's going in and out. It's doing this. Uh, uh, you only see each joke once but it's kind of yeah it flows throughout and there's some parts where i'm selling merch all the merch sales go to um the adult psychiatric ward mm-hmm. in my uh hometown miller dwan foundation mm-hmm. and uh because that's where my mom went and uh she worked there and then she went there and <laughs> nice that must have been fun, a weird homecoming for everyone <laughs> oh my god it was <laughs> so hilarious she was trying to well she was in a manic phase so she was trying to counsel everybody <laughs> yeah oh while she was a patient <laughs> she was a patient so great uh, uh did anyway. she know she was there for the reason she was there uh yeah she was pissed yeah she was like nah <laughs> oh. Which I haven't, I I had hypomania, but what that was just sort of an agitated depression where I just really wanted to kill myself and had <laughs> with a with a vigor <laughs> with a vigor and, and agitation I had previously not known. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah. So we sell merch, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's oh, and my husband has created a ceramic, uh, not a ceramic, a a. Uh, paper mache dog that is a pug that is the single thing that binds all the things together so it's always in the back the paper mache dog dog that's Which is the, a pug. that's the through line because you're, line. Is you're our, a pug person it's our dog arnold yeah it's i mean how many pugs you got now well we only got one because all of them we always have old pugs so they all oh. pass on they oh, all yeah. Die. All yeah, yeah. it's like oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's coming <laughs> they're getting that thing where they can't breathe oh uh. oh but so now we got a we got pug uh, Betty who's doing real good. Yeah, she's about ten, and then we got a Chihuahua named Jackie Onassis that we just picked up. Almost. They're all are they shelter cats? Oh, or, yeah, I mean yeah. dogs. Shelter doggy. Yep. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And how's the uh, family? The, they're very good. Everybody's still alive, and uh, that's that's delightful. But yeah, life is very good, which is often. Um, I don't know if that's as as funny. I do have a new joke. Yeah. Is it we're out of time? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I was at the funeral of a comedian who had committed suicide, and uh, it, this isn't where it's funny. It was uh, very sad. Afterwards, um, some I overheard someone's conversation and saying, you know, I think it's just it's just one of the most selfish things that you can do, committing suicide. I mean, he, he had two kids, and his wife was just so beautiful. And I thought, you know what, I think, Blaming someone for their own death. I think that's the single most selfish. Wait a minute. Scratch that. Writing down the premise for this joke <laughs> at the. Wait. Hold on. Scratch that. Taking two different circumstances that did happen. I was at the funeral of a comedian committed suicide. I also did overhear a friend saying uh, suicide is selfish. Putting those together in a fictional narrative so as to uh, show you that I'm against stigma. That is truly the single most selfish thing you could do. I mean, he he had children and a beautiful wife. Sometimes that seems important to mention how gorgeous his wife was. His gorgeous wife. God. So pretty. 
How's that going over? Oh, he's going over great. Oh, good. I mean, my crowds are all mental health people, so. <laughs> That's a pretty broad description. They're mental health on both sides of the uh, spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I get the psychiatric nurses. And, yeah. And it's really. And their patients. And their patients. Yeah. And they're also, and sometimes they're also double, sure, double winners. We they, are. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I, I'm. I, I really enjoy You're doing it. a great service by being publicly uh, uh, crazy and handling it. Or is it my shtick? Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a problem with the word crazy? Uh, well, I think if it's used, I mean, just like any word, if it's used in a way to, to kind of punch down at somebody. Right, like, right. Like when they say, uh, women are crazy right. or something, it's like, do you mean she is actually, you know, what is the diagnosis? Uh, is she just mad at you? Yeah, no, <laughs> she it... like speaks her mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's a little different than crazy. If that's why I've been like crazy. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I love words. Let's use them all. Well, I'm 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 happy that you're happy and uh, things are going uh, well. It's going going great, uh, and not in a show business way, just in a regular life way. Oh, congratulations on the regular life thing! Thank you very much, uh, uh, and the and, special, and, and to you, congratulations! Thank you so much for having me on this program. Yes, you're very welcome. <laughs> Maria Bamford. God, I'm so happy she's on the planet and saying things and doing things. So look, now we got more funny coming. John Michael Higgins is here. And um, I've always thought he's very funny. I've always thought he was um, hilarious. You'd see him on the Christopher Guest movies, and I didn't. After doing a little research, I realized he played David Letterman in that Jay Leno David Letterman movie. That caused him some trouble, but he's always fucking brilliant in those Christopher Guest movies. And I always kind of wanted to talk to him. And it turns out he lives down the street from me. And on top of that, it turns out we have this weird connection. It's very bizarre, and I it was completely unknown, and it unfolded in the conversation. So look forward to that. Spoiler alert. Something exciting happens in the middle because we didn't know something about each other. He's also on the new Tina Fey produced show, Great News, airing Tuesday nights with back-to-back episodes on NBC. All right, so this is me and my neighbor, John Michael Higgins, enjoying some laughs and some weird connections. Michael, you go by Michael. I go by Michael, but, you know, I'm John Michael. Well, let's talk. It. You know, let's let, <laughs> let let me make sure I know what 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 we're supposed to be plugging. Uh, my sh- the show I have a show on NBC, which are you is reading uh, the paper. I'm, I, I I have to figure out what show I'm on. It's not the Dodgers. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's called Great News. It's on NBC. It starts this month. Now, Great News. Let's start there and go back. Okay, because I didn't get a screener. I don't know what it is. Is it about a news show? It's a it's a it's a single camera half hour comedy about it about a. Uh, the premise is a um, it's a mother daughter show where uh, um, it's Andrea Martin as the mother. Oh, that's great! Yeah, Brie Helen is the daughter, and and the, it's a basically it's like take your mom to work day, but she stays. She she becomes an intern at the station, and I'm the on air talent. I'm the sort of 
blowhard uh-huh. Bill O'Reilly type. Uh-huh. Oh, really? That's, so it's yeah. a, you're an ideological guy? Uh, no, no, no. It's not political. It's just a person. You know, I'm yeah. old school. I mean, you know, I'm, right. a, I'm a stuffed shirt kind so, of bloviating. So, you know. so you got the, the mom at work as an intern. You got the daughter who's your assistant or your- Yeah, uh, trying to get noticed by me. Okay. And, and, and then you got a program manager, I imagine. Yeah, there's that. There's uh, that. A whole cast of the, the, those people. people. Yes, that's right. And cameras running around. The cameras, <laughs> that's right. And it's- <laughs> Uh, produced by Tina Fey. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's her. It's one, from her company, and and she's actively producing. Who as well. created it? Tracy Wigfield, who's a who was a writer for Thirty Rock and for SNL, I believe. Oh, that's uh, that seems like a good pedigree, as they say in the game. One, one yes, it, it is. I don't know what I'm doing there sometimes, but yes, what are you talking I, about? You've been in everything. <laughs> You're like you're one of those guys who I know from a few things, and then I look at the resume. And I'm like, oh, that was him. Yeah, I know. Holy, what I do know. you? Oh, what do you do? It's a hundred years. I'm a thousand years old, dude. But you work <laughs> your ass off. I do. I have to. I have children. I can't. You know, you may have noticed I'm not above the title on all those things you're looking at on the screen there. You know, I'm the guy who comes in from the left as a fancy scene and yeah. leaves and gets a lot those of laughs. Those are the guys that people remember, Michael. Yes, they, they do remember, but they don't remember what you just did, which was my name. Yeah. That's, you know, the, everybody, you know, I stopped 12 times at the Vaughns, our Vaughns yeah. over here. And they're like, who are you? are the, you're the, the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you don't want to jump in because they might not know you from television. It That's happen- where I'm at. Happens all the time. Really? Like, all aren't you? Time. I know you. No, and no. The, and, I, then, and then <laughs> you reel off your resume. And nothing. No, just like, not one. No. 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 No, I have oh. a rule. I do not. I cannot list a single credit now. You I'm can't. Not, I, I'm not allowed. You've got a hundred of them. I don't know what they are. I can't remember half of them. <laughs> um, and so, you live down the street from me. That's nice to know. I do. And now I, I, maybe I'll see you around the neighborhood. I'll see you at the Vons. You remember when they made the Vons a nice Vons? Yes. We, we were, We were. my <laughs> wife and I were flummoxed. We We didn't know what to do. <laughs> we were. We thought again that the neighborhood was kicking us out. Again. Oh, Once really? again, yeah. we had to move on because now the Vons had the fancy, va- yeah. fancy flooring. Sure, and a, and a Starbucks in it. Starbucks and organic produce oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, everything's changing. Oh, I don't know gosh. if it's good. I, I have this yeah. feeling that, uh, like, I've been here since 2004. You came a little, you came in 2001. Yeah, I um I always get that I like I didn't I didn't move here I didn't know how to buy a house no. I mean I was driving some other kid up here to rent a house I didn't know where I was it seemed far away from where I was renting over there by uh, the Gelsons on Franklin yeah that yeah. right mm-hmm. that's where everyone from New York ends up first all people have rented a place near Gelsons on Franklin that, you, that's your <clears> starter <throat> area all people in show business from New York or the in East an apartment Coast. near the Gelsons on Franklin right because you're like you can walk that's ah, it, this idea yeah, you can that's walk that's like a neighborhood right no no but then I come over here and I see this house for sale and I had a TV deal. So I'm like, maybe it's time I figured out how to buy a house. I had no idea where I was or anything else. And then now there's the gentrification thing and there's that. You Clearly the neighborhood's changed. And sometimes I wonder, it's like, are we hated? I know. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, well, now, you know, it's such an it's such an anschluss now. The, with yeah. the, it's a good you, word. I wish I knew what it meant. I don't know what it means. Okay. I think there's a C in it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the... the um, <laughs> The, you know, down on York, mm-hmm. which is like Hipsterville with people with yeah. you know twirly mustaches and right. You know. But the weird thing is, I don't, I don't like. I I'm happy that there's new businesses going, but I don't. I never wanted that. I didn't ask for that. I, I didn't, didn't either. It, somehow, I feel like I get blamed for it sometimes. I think you are because you have a beard right now. Well, and, th- this know. is for a part, Michael. I'm I'm. This is for a part. Is it okay? Yes. 
Is it uh, William Henry Harrison or is it is James Garfield? James actually. Garfield, you yeah, got get shot. assassinated. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a sad, sad short film. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Maybe it's maybe it's heartwarming and majestic. Yeah. Think about that. So, where do you come from? Like, where, like, you know, uh, I also came from New York and had no idea how to. But buy before a house. that, uh, Navy family. Um, so mostly DC, but I lived almost everywhere. Navy family, yes, yeah, sir. So, was your dad a big shot? Uh, he was a high-ranking officer. Eventually, yeah. He in, in DC, he worked. Uh, as a naval officer, not as a political appointment, but yeah. as a naval officer in the penthouse and in the White House. In so. the Pentagon? Pentagon, sorry. The Pen- penthouse. The That's penthouse. He, <laughs> he wishes. Uh, <laughs> Under what administration? Uh, Ford and Carter. Interesting. So so you grew up in a military family. Yeah. How many kids in the family? Four. There's four of you, and you're moving around. You did you Germany? and All, Yep. You exactly. did Germany. Yes, Western Stuttgart, Germany. Pa- you know, Patch Barracks. If, yeah. you're out, if you're out there, you Patch Barracks people. Patch Barracks? Patch is what Barracks. Is, how old were you when you were there? Uh, that would be third and fourth grade. So where, you remember it? Oh, totally. Remember what? it like, like it was yesterday. It's so wild, isn't it? Like, I can't imagine what it's like to, you know, you know be born and have the first couple years of your life in America, and then you're in Germany. Mm-hmm. Did it, Was it kind of mind-blowing? Was it a big change for you? Is that where it all started? Well, well, you know, I, I it's it, it's interesting because as kids, I think of Germany and it was just sort of like, it was like, uh, you know, I didn't really speak German, but I spoke what they say, Spielplatz Deutsch, which is what you need to get around on the playground. You just did it to me. I know. See? See, and that's you, three words now and I've you taught Anschloss. you. All of them with C's in them. Anschloss is another- is Anschloss that, is, a, is a, a Nazi word, right? It's, I don't know. You it's, used it's it about, for the York. Uh, the York. That's right. I shouldn't have used- I, I don't mean to imply that the people on York Boulevard <laughs> are Nazis. Fascism. Hipster fascism. Uh, no, you know, so I was a kid living there and it was just all fun, you know? I was just having a, a good old- I lived on the base. Oh, right. So you weren't- some, like But then we moved off the base. Yeah. And I lived on the, as we say, the economy. Right. When you go and live in the actual country that you're living in, uh-huh. outside of the walls, you're yeah. living, quote, on the economy. Uh-huh. Which means you're using Deutschmarks instead of dollars. And oh, on the base you use dollars? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, but it sounds like, because I keep picturing it, that feeling that I have, even now when I go to another country, I'm immediately alienated. I, I don't like, it's like, I've never seen these crackers before. Yeah, right. You know, and I'm, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. They, they don't have any of my cereals. No, not one. No, but on the base, you see, the, they what they have is the the PX, which is where they, where they recreate the American supermarket for you. This oh. is in the early 70s for me. And it's pretty primitive, though. So right. every so what black market items on the base become things like a sugar daddy. Oh yeah. I got a sugar daddy. My yeah. dad went back to the States. I came he came back. I made him my six sugar daddies. Then you bring them to school, you sell them for like ten bucks a piece. Oh really? You yeah. were dealing sugar daddies? Sure. Anybody with black market stuff. Yeah. Certain things. Yeah. You know, they only had two flavors of ice cream. And every now and then the base at would the PX. Get, at the PX. Yeah. Vanilla and chocolate. Right. Every now and then there'd be like butter pecan because right. some accident was made in the line of <laughs> Supply Command. the supply, supply line, right? Yeah. And then suddenly there was butter pecan. Not kidding, a line out the door, stretching all the way back Just down, deprived to the, down to the enlisted man's, you know, it barracks. Uh, barracks yeah. yeah, these poor suckers. <laughs> How long? So you lived there for two years? Uh, yes, yes. And then you come back, and then I came back, and God knows we moved every year. I don't even know where I was. Why is that? You know what? I don't. I still don't know the answer to that question. I've asked my dad, and you know, if I follow his career, it's like, well, I had to go teach at the officers' college in Athens for a year, and then they sent me in off Georgia. To, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and then this, I'm imitating my father. Yeah. Terrible imitation. And you then, can do it. Yes, I'm not doing well. Right. And and then I and then I had to go uh, set up a, a, a you know a communication yeah. system in Boston, and then you know they just move him around. Is he still around? Oh yeah, yeah. Lives in D.C. Most of my childhood was spent in D.C. Somehow. Wow. I you know I don't that's I I am in awe of that place. I'm surprised that it's as moving as it is really because I go there so infrequently. And when you go out on the on the mall, you're like, holy shit! I'm a sucker. For, I really am. Free museums. I know. Yeah. Free museums, big ones, beautiful ones. You know. Yeah, well, I think Trump's going to make them stores. Sure. Where you just <laughs> why let all that potential profit go to waste? I mean, these you know what's the point? It's hey, not just it's not have American. a bid. Yeah, auction them off. Auction them off. People will buy them. We'll make them restaurants. Absolutely. They'll make it, make them bungalows for the new hotel. The yeah. Smithsonian will just be a high-end room. It's a high-end room with big gold letters, Smithsonian. Yeah, Trump Smithsonian. Well, he did. Smithsonian Basically, Trump. He, he, built the, he took the, he's leased out the old post office. Yeah. Gorgeous. I mean, it's spectacular. I don't, I don't remember that building. It is spectacular. Yeah. It's fantastic. One of the been, best buildings in Washington. That's saying something. Yeah, have you been there? Sure. Since uh, he- Not it, since the, no, I'm not going to that hotel. No. No. <laughs> so when did uh, now you? It sounds like you got along okay with your dad. It wasn't very well. I you know uh, th- I guess the confusing thing about my past was yeah. that I was I was a child actor. So everywhere I went, I worked on the local stage. I didn't I didn't know that. So you're a yeah. theatrical child. Theatrical guy. child. I was a, I, I not I, like a kid that we all knew from a TV show. No, we liked not Eddie Munster or anything no, like that. No. <laughs> Nothing like that. No, didn't make that. Break. No one liked me. Uh, it was uh, so. No, I was a theater actor and was. Uh, I am. Yeah. Basically, that's what this machine does best. It's uh, theater. Uh, yeah, and I was not a. I didn't do when film did or television st- until my thirties. How did How did that start though? To be a child actor in a military family. Uh, I mean, are you the oldest kid? Youngest. Really? Yeah. How old's your dad? Like hundred? Hundred and twelve. No. Wow, that's Tomorrow. impressive. One hundred and twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting him some <laughs> depends adult undergarments. That's no, nice. Of you. Uh, it's terrible. Um, he's no, he's not that. Old. He's 85 or something. Oh, okay. All right. So you're the youngest one. I am. And how do you? I don't understand how you start acting in a military family. Yeah, I mean, you go to a new. It place. isn't easy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't you know, say it was easy. Right. What did you start singing songs? I picture you as a pretty much. <laughs> I think she's a musical uh, theater guy. I did a lot of musical theater. Oh, in the old you days. had to. I did. Um, but how old were you when he started? Like 12, 13, 11. Okay. And I basically, I, I hooked up with a local theater company that, um, this was in D.C., and uh, worked there on and off for my entire childhood and my entire teenagerhood. And yeah. My young, I, then I ended up teaching there. Uh, uh, Which place? Uh, this was at the uh, what was then called Street Seventy, became the Roundhouse Theater, which I think still exists in in DC. And you know, and I worked all the all the I just, theaters in DC. You know, studio. Did you know um, Zinneman? Jason? Joy, Joy Zinneman. Joy Zinneman ran the Studio Theater. Yeah. Uh, still do- no, doesn't anymore. She retired, but um, I just interviewed her son, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Critic. Yeah. Right, I just it was just happened. Yeah, that's great a, guy, smart guy. Totally, I, and I didn't want to like him, but I I learned uh, a lot about his uh, his mom, who was mm-hmm. a, a a real uh, big figure, big figure. But she started from scratch, yes, and was taking chances with uh, new plays and Absolutely. things. Absolutely, yes, she was a real yeah. And my you might full circle my father, who you're so interested in, <laughs> is <laughs> is on the board of the studio theater. Ah. Helps them to do their thing okay so yeah. what did the other siblings end up doing 
Uh, my brother Patrick went into politics. Uh, he was a DNC guy for a while, uh-huh. and, and uh, now he works for the Canadian government as a liaison for the American issues. Oh, salmon! He's, he's going to get busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, he is. <laughs> yeah. Just when he's burning out, he's like, I can't stand it yeah. anymore. I now can't the, do it. Now we can't move salmon. They're not letting <laughs> salmon go down. There's stream. no more timber going. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, and my uh, sister lives in D.C. is a graphic artist, and the other one is a, a, a phys ed. No teacher. one went in the military. Nope. That's something. What about mom? Mom lives in Portland, Oregon. Not together. No, not together. Everyone had their 1976 divorce. <laughs> I know you did. Uh, I was I was 13. 13. You That's were what 13. I was. I was exactly yeah, what I we're was. We're the same yeah. age, yeah. Yeah. Wait, did your parents have the 76 divorce? No, no, they waited. Really? Oh, yeah, they waited. A- not the 83 ever, divorce. They, I know it was like, um, God, when was it? It was. I was way out of college. Eighty nine. It was probably no. It was later than that. Even uh, eighty nine. Well, maybe ninety. 80, somewhere Good in there. Lord. Yeah, they hung in there for no real reason. That, they're like the Japanese soldier on the island that <laughs> they find with a gun. Yeah, still married. <laughs> here's another. Here's a married couple that still thinks it's okay to be married. <laughs> they're crazy. Where, where were you? And where were you at the bicentennial? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So, all right. So, see, she's in Portland. That's nice. Uh, yeah, so you, it's and fantastic. You, so you yeah, I, it's there. easy to go out there. My brother lives in Seattle too. So. I love it up there. Oh, it's awesome. Why are we here? I don't know. You know, I ask myself that. Do you every day? You know, I came from New York though. That was my career. Was I left DC, went to New York, and was a stage actor in New York for twenty years or something. Well, well, 15. tell me some uh, some of the shows that you were like New York theater at that time was pretty. You know, active. Yeah, yeah. And still, like, what was left of real radical theater was still there, sure, right? Sure, yeah. I, I uh, did a lot of things there. Uh, you know, I was a, a, a enormous amount of regional theater, so I'd be always on the road doing <laughs> Shakespeare and, all. you know, every every big theater in the country, whatever. You know, yeah. Just, I played those places. Yeah. That, like dinner theaters? No, no, no. <laughs> These were Lord A, my friend. I'm sorry. You don't know what that means, do you? That, no, it means that they were doing real shows in real cities That's right, with, with, re- with real subscribers. Right. Disapproving of the bad words and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, right. So, But there was always a guaranteed audience. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there they said. Dutiful. And no one was eating no one during was, it. No, it was all very dutiful and very yeah. high end. Yeah. You know, these people, you know, there was. How'd you, now, so the agent that got, how, how does that work? You go from DC, did you go to school for it? Well, it's a weird, it's a, I backed in, this, this actually might interest you. I've been interested uh, the whole time, Michael. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Do all I right. seem disinterested? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, because you're one of these guys, you know, we, uh, most of us know you from Christopher Guest movies. You're always hilarious. But it, yeah, to, to a lot of us, if we don't put it together, yeah. you know, we think you just appeared in these Christopher Guest movies. I know. It's true. You're right. It's a, it, it's a, everybody's got a crazy road. Right, you, know, you you know that now. Uh, definitely, like everyone says the craziest road. There's- but you know, but if people sort of back, if you really look at your career, you're like, oh yeah, you know, he played Letterman on that fucking show. Yes, the Late Shift. The, was uh, it the, the late-, H- the late Shift. It was right. The, yeah, HBO thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. So okay. you backed into it. What do you tell me about that? Well, here's what happened. At least for me, if I can trace myself to to the Christopher Guest yeah. movie, it would be I was a theater actor, and I was eventually a New York theater actor. So I did a lot of. Uh, plays all over the country and and made regional th- theaters regional theaters high end ones subscription yeah, houses that type of stuff lord a <laughs> lord a exactly <laughs> well b maybe mm-hmm. um 
And how do you integrate yourself into Broadway? You must have been fucking great at stage. Well, uh, I'll tell you what happened was I was a theater actor my whole childhood. Yeah. And then I was actually a very serious uh, student. And I knew that when I went to college, I, I really didn't want to do theater because mm-hmm. I'd been doing it since I was 12. And mm-hmm. I was really interested in... Why other, not learn something things. that might be practical? Yeah, like, you know, English literature. That's not, it. <laughs> not. That's what I did. Not. But practical. that was what you did? That's what I was. So you could teach at any time. I, I, well, one presumes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any students will show up. <laughs> of course but, they will. But, um, Active Shakespeare, you call it. <laughs> hands it. on. That's it. All hands on. So you on. get a degree in English? I am. I have from... a degree. Amherst. Oh, you went out there. Amherst College, yes. Out there with the four schools out there. <clears throat> that's right. The, yeah. uh, the 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 happy... Ve- no, not that. That's in Pennsylvania. What is it? Ham- no, Hampshire? That's, is Hampshire down Hampshire the street? Hampshire College, yes. And then the Mount Holyoke? Smith, Mount Holyoke. That's it. And ZooMath. U- UMass, UMass Amherst. Yes. I, and that's all that happens there. You just go there. People get fucked up. That's right. They fuck each other. That's it. They learn who they are. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then there's Hampshire, which you know, no the, one really knows. Then there's going. Hampshire, which you start that way, yeah. and then you keep going. Yeah, yeah. for four years, you major in frisbee. <laughs> yeah. um, so, <laughs> what happened in Amherst though was about halfway through, I did a. There was HBO mm-hmm. was putting out this show, yeah. which was hosted by. Fasten your seatbelts, Joe yeah. Piscopo. Oh, wait, the Young Comedian special? Yes. So Joe Piscopo was hosting this. Wait, wait. Yeah. I auditioned for this. You did? Come on. <laughs> wait a minute. From where? Oh, where, did, you... where were you? I was at BU. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. We had a BU guy in there. I know. Um, oh, my God. We had a prop comic. HBO comedy on campus. Yes, that's it. Come on. I was on it. That's crazy. <laughs> that was me. Well, partly me. What did you do on it? It was weird. I I I'm not a comedian. I'm not a stand-up comedian. And right. What happened was, I would I at Amherst I wrote the reviews. You know, meaning V U E, meaning yeah. uh, you know sketches and songs, and we would perform them. You know, whatever. But it was like not in the theater department. It was like the yeah, the a, sort of like extracurricular, ga- yeah, yeah. guerrilla type fun variety yeah, show, right, right, that sort of stuff. So somebody's parent was a. HBO person or something or executive somewhere and, yeah. and they came to see the show because right. their kid was in it and and, yeah. and they saw me and I and they said you should we want to we want you to try out for this thing uh campus comedy yeah. I think it was called HBO's campus comedy yeah and um uh, I was like, ah, I'm not a stand-up comedian. It's not really my gig. And, you know, I was literally playing Hamlet at the time at, at Amherst. That's really who what I was about. How you know? are you with Shakespeare? Good? Oh, yeah. I've done a ton of Shakespeare. Yeah, you like it? I, oh, I love it. Oh, God. There's nothing like it. It's like it's like riding on a hot rod. You love it's it. It's fantastic. That's, oh, it's yeah. nice. So, anyway, uh, audition for this thing. And uh, I, I put together, you know, it was like party tricks that I uh-huh. would do occasionally. Yeah. Jerry Lewis used to do this routine, which I was very influenced by people like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And great routine where it was in um, The Errand Boy. Yeah. Where he comes into an empty office and he sits down and he's cleaning. Yeah. And everybody's gone. He sits yeah. down at this big boardroom table. And then this really awesome, like big Count Basie yeah. thing starts churning up behind him. While yeah. He's looking around and he sits in, and then he plunks his ass in the chair and then he starts opening his mouth like he's the big boss and he's got a cigar. He's not saying anything, but the Count Basie music is playing through him and he's got every tick of the music. Oh. So it really looks like he's talking, but music's coming out. Oh, right. So I used to do that 
for kicks, but I yeah. use different types of music. I used a deep purple, uh-huh. like big guitar solo, Richie Blackmore, sure. going bonkers on you know, big bluesy thing. Yeah, yeah. And I did that. And I would do it at a party. I was like, watch this. And I would get up and I'd pretend to be a stand up comedian. But all all the thing that was coming out of my mouth was Richie Blackmore, and I and I structured it so it looked like that was the end of that joke, and I got a laugh, and that was the end of Jack joke, and I didn't, and now I'm getting a little angry, and now I yeah. now I'm dealing with a heckler. That so that was the routine, right? And I did a couple of other things along those lines. In other words, I'm not standing there telling jokes because I didn't feel comfortable doing that. But yeah, this th- big physical bit. Yeah, it was like a yeah, thing. Right. They dug it mostly probably because it wasn't like the other guys talking it, it was a nice break in the right. thing so we have a prop guy and yeah. we have this weird act that mm-hmm. Higgins does and you know that's kind of thing. yeah it was like a mime act mostly it was like that. I can't believe you got on that I can't either I remember what it was what it was was yeah we auditioned in a room for some people me and my friend Steve Brill who's a director yeah. now do you know Steve yeah alright so we did a comedy team thing we, we wrote it it, you know, it was, we had a few bits. They they auditioned us and they liked us. And they said, well, we want to see you at a comedy club. And we'd never done a comedy club. So they put us on at the Comedy Connection in Boston. Uh-huh. And we bombed so bad, uh-huh. so bad. And they're like, that is not going to happen. And then we went to the taping. Cause I, I, but I don't the remember taping, you. Ah, the taping was at Tufts. Yes. University. Right. And Bill Sheft. Bill Sheft. Yes. Yes. He was there. He hosted the warm up. He warmed up and started the show. Bill that's Sheft. right. That's right. right. And Piscopo was the host. Yeah. And Bill Sheft was like helping us all. We we would we we went to catch and we did our stuff and he would sort of hone and and edit and stuff. I like think that. John Innes and Joe Murphy got on. They did it like a weird, almost Python esque team. I thing. remember that. Yes. Yes. John Innes went on to to de- do uh, you know cross comedy, which became Mister Show. He was David Cross's best friend. John yes, In- of course. Yeah. Right. So. And that's so weird. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. Had no idea. And we're Look connected in this way. I, You started your career. I, I started my career, but it took a long time. Well, listen. From there. But that was, was the first time I did stand-up because of that thing. Jesus. Wait, wait, you were doing a sketch with your partner, right? It was like- but, Well, that's right. But we saw it as a stand-up comedy team. So um, what ultimately happened with that relationship is because of the woman who was involved with that thing, who was connected to SNL, we went to my grandmother's house in New Jersey, wrote a bunch of sketches for SNL, sent them in, nothing happened. And then he graduated from BU. I had another year. And we both started doing comedy separately. And I started doing comedy like my- probably my junior or senior year of college, but I didn't stick with it, but that's when, because of that, I started doing stand-up. Good Lord. That was my first time on a stand-up stage. It was my first and last. <laughs> it really was. I Here what happened was yeah. the Piscopo's manager at the time yeah. was Rollins and Joffe, and they had, the mo- they had a tiny list, and it was the most famous people alive. Sure, Woody and Allen. Woody Allen, David Letterman, Robin Williams. Dick Billy, Cavett Billy back Crystal, in the day. Jack, Dick yeah. Cavett. But it was Rollins and Joffe, and yeah. they had a management arm, and they were handling these giant yeah, people. Yeah, of course. And this, this guy you know, who worked for them, George Manos, was my manager from that. He was at the taping of that show. Yeah. Because of Piscopo. Right. And that's and, how you got him? Yeah. And he approached me afterward and he said, hey, let's get let's get something going. And I said to him, uh, sounds great, but I haven't finished college. I'm going to finish college. He, yeah. That rung all of his bells. He he was, now he's madly in love with me. Right. And he waited it out. And I went back to college and I did well, I finished my two years. And then I showed up and he was there waiting for me. He was really? like, come on down. I went down to New York. And then, unfortunately, what they, they knew how to make stand-up comedians. And I... Uh, 
this is the you know folly of youth. I was I, I was I didn't want to be a stand up comedian. I wanted I was an actor. I yeah. wanted to be an actor. Yeah. That's what I was good at. You know. So you sat down with Rollins. He's like, you got to go all out. Yeah, you got it, kid. And literally the cigar, the whole thing. Yeah, and it was probably Danny Rose. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're gonna work you out in the clubs. We're gonna you yeah. Know. And I was like, no, not doing it. Yeah. And but I was still their client. They I was doing acting work, but they were I don't know. It was it was nice to have me as a client because I was. But you were that you were with them for a while. Yeah. I I blew a meeting with Jack Rollins years later. Oh, really? Yeah. This is another thing we have in common. Yeah, he wanted to get back in the game a little more actively, and he was working with another guy who owned a club a little bit. I mean, there was this idea, and this guy, Kerry Hoffman, who owns Stand Up New York, who never really liked me, but for some reason thought I would be the guy that Jack could you know get his feet wet sure. again with the hands-on thing. So he, they were going to co-manage me or something, so he sets me up a meeting with the two of them, with Rollins and Hoffman, and I show up at the place early, than, than Hoffman does. So it's just me and Jack Rollins. And, you know, he's like in his 80s at that point. Sure. You know, and he's just sitting there. So I said, uh, all right, well, uh, what can you do for me? And then, like, he just clammed up. Kerry Hoffman shows up, and the whole thing goes south. And uh, he calls me up and goes, you fucked up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you don't ask Jack Rollins what he can do for you. Yeah. And that was that. I don't think it was a mistake, but I'm, it was nice to meet him. Did you... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it was great, Mark. Yeah, it was terrific. Really meeting. awesome. What, did you go up to the office on 50s? No, I met him no. at a fucking restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But you were with him for a while. I was. How long? I think they were always frustrated, though. It mm-hmm. was like, it was it was probably six or seven years. You know? Maybe yeah. more. Maybe more. Because I was just in that. They, for some reason, they were managing me. It 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 was a, it was a mystery. Yeah. Because George liked me, this yeah. guy. He was yeah. a great, great guy. He was one of the big big influence in my life. He's dead now, but George Manos was one of Jack's managers. How do you influence you as an actor? He was just, uh, you know what? He was like a good manager. He held my hand when I was just a young idiot trying yeah. to get through in New York, which is tough, you know? And what were you doing there at that time, just once you got out of college? All theater. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of off-Broadway, regional, and, and Were you working Broadway. with people that made an impact on you? Like, as actors and stuff, did you like? Did you work with heroes, or did you have those moments where you're like, I can't believe this is happening? Or was sure, it- many times. I, I think, um, mm, you know, uh, one of my big inf- my big moments uh, yeah. was uh, a Broadway show I did called La Bette. Yeah, um, and it was uh, really interesting because I almost it was a it was almost a deal breaker. I almost quit. Oh, really? Quit it. Quit the whole thing. Why? Quit Fuck. acting. Fuck it. All of it. I'm going to go be an English teacher. Hang it up. Yeah. English teacher. Join the service. Joseph Conrad. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, because it was so an egregious, uh, uh, it was just an egregious situation where we had this play, which was clearly brilliant. Whose play was it? It was called La Bette. It was by uh, David Herson, Mm -hmm. H-I-R-S-O-N. Yeah. And it... uh, and the critics shut it down. The New York Times critics shut it down, and and um, no one else did. They were all over the moon about it, and um, and uh, it just seemed like such, like I got I got there. I got all the way to Broadway, and yeah. this happened, and I was like, well, it's not a meritocracy, and it's not fair, and you know these are things that <laughs> young people learn, and I I I learned it, and I've said those things. I say those things I said to it people this now. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 54 years old. <laughs> Just turned, right? Yeah, February. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that, but that said, it was a very big moment in my yeah in my life. And anyway, not sure. Shortly after that, 
it was actually the Letterman thing. I was I was a working actor. I was having a good time, good career. Yeah. And they couldn't find anyone to play David Letterman. But you'd done some TV before that. A oh, a little bit. You know, things that were done in New York, which was at the time, uh, it was like, you know... Uh, not much. Not yeah. It was like yeah. in Miami Vice. I did right. one of those. I yeah. was a criminal on that, wearing yeah. a silly suit with uh, shoulder pads. Oh and yeah, all that. yeah. And uh, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they cast there, I did yeah. as a guest star or whatever. Um, but I was certainly not the star of any show. You know? So this is your break, the late shift. Yeah, they came into town because they couldn't get uh, anyone here to do it. I guess because it was too scary. Letterman's was a, at the time a very prominent powerful figure We're on TV every single night and he didn't condone the book he no didn't. one wa- no no one wanted to piss him off it was like poor Mike Chiklis in the Belushi movie totally I talked I, to him about it but you had to take it I did because look at me I know I who am I to turn this down you know? right did you know it was loaded yeah I knew it was a loaded gun and uh, it was in and when the bullet it was in one of the chambers I didn't know which one and I just jumped on board and started pulling the trigger <laughs> You know what I mean? And and it, it the job itself was fine. It was very interesting. Uh, How was that other guy? Who was the other guy? Dan Roebuck played uh, uh, Jay yeah, He was in that, uh, where was he? He was in River's Edge, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Intr- yeah. Yeah, he was He's in, around. He, he, you know, yeah, I see he and I worked that. together a couple of times yeah. since then. So what happens? Well, I do the gig. It's tricky, you know. It Although, you know what, I have to say, Having spent a lot of time in the theater, there there's very few problems that I haven't been confronted with yeah. as an actor. Yeah, I mean, since I'm 12 years old, I'm doing four or five plays a year yeah. in front of audiences constantly. Yeah, all the way up to this yeah. point, I, there's a, a I've done a lot of learning curves. Yeah, there's very few things that are going to surprise me. And playing a famous person is one. I played Teddy Roosevelt. I played all these, you know, whoever. I've never played a living famous person right who Tricky, you could huh? compare right. my performance to his by turning the dial on your television back right. and forth right it's like ah, that's not what the a vowel sounds like right you know yeah um so i knew to ignore that i knew two things one was don't imitate them because all that does is show the differences yeah and this you learn i learned by being on stage it's it's why puppet shows work <laughs> it's <laughs> the audience has to go into a suspension yeah of their own thoughts about the character and they have to buy yours and they have to let go of the comparison they have to let go of all their yeah. thing on him yeah. and buy your version and then you tell the story in their. but fight. how does that help you as an actor yeah i mean you can't control that you can't control it all what you can do yeah is to stop chasing everyone else's picture of him right it's a fine line between just doing a, a sort of you know shallow impression versus you know embodying yeah the character and this is the thing is that the the script was a dramatic script. It was not a comedy. Mm-hmm. It was a drama. Yeah. If you go and look at it, yeah. I don't have one single joke right. in that thing. It's just, I want this. Here's the problem. I'm not getting it. That's the drama. I remember you did a good job with it. Oh, thank you. And how'd they, get the, how'd they gap your teeth? Uh, that was the only thing. I got lucky because Dan, you know, he got all these appliances that right. put on him. And I, I, I actually talked them out of it. I don't know how. Who was I? I yeah. just said, you know what? Don't give me anything. Just give me the teeth. And, and you know, we'll fiddle with the hair a little bit. Just, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And so, because, I, again. I well, knew, you look enough like him in a well, way. Well, I suppose. But it's like, I just knew that if I start chasing him too much, the audience won't buy it. Uh-huh. 
they want to be told a story. And honestly, you know, that's why a paper bag puppet works. It doesn't, a paper bag puppet doesn't look like anything but a paper bag, but you can be hanging on every word. So this is, if, if so this is done well. This is the first day of your acting class. Look, <laughs> you're never going to be as good as a paper bag puppet. You'll never get there. You'll never get there. That's our goal. Try to get to just a bag on the hand. Look at this. Yeah. Who's going to beat yeah, this? Yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved you. <laughs> and then you crunch the bag. Yeah. That was get basic. there. How do we get there? <laughs> so anyway. How was it received? Uh, well, this was the weird part is that I, the job itself was tricky because I had to, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a trick. It was a standing backflip. I had to imitate a famous person who was alive and well yeah. and, and criticizing me every night on his own show. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> now here's I like, didn't remember that oh, part. <laughs> and I see it's all different. <laughs> yeah, so it was hard. Oh, I see it's yeah. a situation. Yeah, it's a, a situation. And a national situation. It was a national situation. And uh-huh. uh, that I didn't know anything about. How to deal with that. Zero, 100% zero on that. It must have just killed you. Killed me. Oh. So you sat there watching Letterman just taking the hits. I tried not to watch. You know what How I mean? long did it go I, on for? Too long. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess you didn't have you on the show to promote the movie. Oh, that's a whole other story. That's a that's two more podcasts. Well, we got time. No, no, I'm not doing it. I can't do it. What what can't you do? It's just it's 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 uh he did invite me on the show. For that. I was brought to the show. I was yeah. in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And maybe because he had been talked into it eventually. I think right. That the, 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 Be a good sport. The, uh, yes, the, 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 the HBO and, and uh, they, they had been flirting with it for yeah. a long time, getting me on. He didn't want to. I yeah. didn't blame him. I didn't particularly want to. Yeah. But the show itself was becoming, the movie itself was becoming a bit of a thing in the media. Uh-huh. And then everybody decided, you know what? It's probably a good idea. Let's do this. Have and we'll, the guy on. We'll script it. And it's, you know, they assured me this is yeah. gonna, nothing's going to happen. You know, you be self-effacing. He'll be self-effacing. Everybody's going to get off fine. Yeah. I go there and, you know, after a lot, months of like going back and forth, uh, doing it, not doing it, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. And then I'm out on the show and yeah. I'm in the dressing room and he bumps me. Yeah. And that was that. He wins. Yeah. So <laughs> now, in your mind, how do you frame that? That was like a lesson. He was teaching you a lesson, or was it a legitimate uh, you know, time problem? I would say this. He, who can blame him? It. He didn't. He wasn't into it in the first place. Why should he be? He wasn't into the book. He wasn't into any of it. Yeah. You know, and I think mostly because he's a private person. God bless him. And he, a little less these days. He's little, talking. Well, great. Yeah. You know, but now's your time. I think you should really. Yeah, no, maybe I can get on a show now. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to build the bridge. Yes. I think he did say at the end, we'll have him back at his next earliest convenience, I think, which is what you say when, sure. when that happens. Yeah. And I guess just there just nice. wasn't a convenient was never, time. Never con- I was going to call. It's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no, but I, I actually kind of, um, I kind of get it. Yeah, uh, uh, from his point of view, it, it should never have gotten that far. I think, but mm-hmm. and that, I'm not sure that was his fault. So. So there was never any communication other than you being bumped that time. You were never acknowledged by Mr. Letterman. No, I had to fly to New York. I brought my wife. We they put us in a hotel. What do you want? 
I said, you know, I want Mahler tickets. There's him, you know, but yeah. they got me them. You know, they, they got you the Mahler tickets. Yes, they're We're hard the, ticket to get. Mahler yeah. five. We were right there in the middle of the year. Beautiful. Oh, wow, they don't know? do that anymore. No, they certainly don't. No. I never asked for You're that. You're lucky if they fly you out. I know. You got to be in town for that. I shit know now. you do. Yeah, and that was not the case. They oh, flew well, me. at least you got to go see Mahler. Who was, exactly. who was conducting? It was uh, what's his name? Um, Bernstein. I'll think of it. No, he was he was long gone by then. Oh, it's the only one I know. Yeah. I'm trying to sound no, smart. No, no, no. Was it Leonard's five? No, no, that's 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 no idea. Tried Anyways, to, tried to pull you, pull one over pull on one you. Over. Must Wait, have been Bernstein. You could have said anything. All right, so you got to see Mahler. Well, that's something. That was good. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, that was that, and um, and now I'm a Hollywood uh, actor of sorts. Yeah. The tricky part is yeah. that I. Uh, am now strangely a comedian. Yeah. And what do you mean? Oh, you mean comic actor? Yeah, but I wasn't a comic actor, and right. I wasn't, and I wasn't even a comic actor in that movie. Right. But I played a comic. Right. And honestly, from that moment on, that's what you got cast. That's all I was. I was a comic actor. In fact, I I had like deals with a couple of the networks and stuff for you know they, they like deals? they like yeah that kind of thing yeah. And uh, m- many of the executives, or two of them, let's say, yeah, it's not many, but two of basically there was a, say, back in the day, yeah, there was only three. It was executives. just a few, yeah. And they were like, "What are we going to do with him? He's a he's an impersonator." I was like, "I'm not an impersonator." Didn't you missed it? You missed the point of that part. I went deep. Uh, yeah, you didn't I was see a the paper bag. bag. <laughs> yeah, you see the bag. <laughs> um, and uh, and and really, that's yeah. almost the end of the circle because from that moment on, I was I'm an actor who almost exclusively does comedy. Which was never the case. It's not not what I set out to do. Yeah, it and, was never my interest. Right. And and now that's what I do. But you're good at it, and that's a well, rare thing. I I am sometimes good at it, which is great. And it it but it's a it's a niche. You know, I'm in Hollywood, and this is what they this is how the buyers yeah, but, buy but, me. But but wait, if you can do that niche, and you can do as many movies as you've done, even if it's the guy to the side or the guy that just shows up for a minute, I mean, comedy is not not everyone can do that. Like, most people can do the other one, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But n- not everybody can be funny. I agree with that. And I'm not I'm not even sure what the... The, the point the, is? Well, certainly that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, let, that, that's the, you know, that's the basis of all of this. What is the point of any of it? I know. I do that every day. <laughs> that's okay. okay. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your is job. It, is, so anyway, I'm a comedic actor now, and yeah. that's, that's what I do. So you did, like, before... I mean, you done you did a lot of TV bits. You did a uh, yeah. Uh, but what what do you consider the the even with your resignation to being a comic actor? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, kind of. Like I'm, you know, I guess I'm this guy who is not going to do Shakespeare anytime soon. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I have children. I could go back to how, Shakespeare, how many but I, I have two children. But I have to wait until. I don't need to raise them anymore. Oh, in how order, old are they? In order to go off and do Shakespeare, yeah. and, you know, you have in, fun uh, again. Chicago or right, something. Right, right. Yeah. Are they in, are they in college? Tw- uh, I started late, so they're oh. like 10 and 12. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're young. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got your hands full. I sure do. What do you consider was like, like this is great? Like, you know, like this role I love. What, what Was it getting involved with Christopher Guest or did it happen before that? Well, I think when... when um, when Chris uh, started using me, uh, yeah, it, something, some circle was closed for me, yeah. which was I'm back in a, it's a very unusual thing. I'm sure you've been over this. For me, what, what was interesting about Chris, is interesting about Chris, is that it is a company. Now, I'm not, I'm very familiar with being in a company, being coming from the theater. Sure. And it's weird that he has a company. I mean, you can't even name 
some such a thing in film history except like Cassavetes and Orson Welles. But how did you get pulled into it? Like, what, how'd that Well, happen? actually, it goes back to the Letterman because I believe what happened, we should ask Ed, mm-hmm. uh, is that Ed Begley oh, Ed. was working, he, he and I, he was in the Letterman movie. He played uh, Rod Perth, uh-huh. who was a NBC executive. Yeah. And, and he, I think, mentioned me to Chris as some, because I was just off the boat from New York. And, yeah. And, and as somebody who could probably improvise well, because I improvised a lot in the Letterman movie. And, uh, and Chris was doing a show. He was putting a show together for HBO uh, aptly titled DOA because uh-huh. it, because it never never saw the light of day. What was the What was the premise? The premise was this this uh, cruddy ad, uh, talent agency. He and Eugene were these slightly past their prime agents mm-hmm. who had this uh, the stable of actors who were also slightly past their prime. So it was a shtick movie. It was a shtick. It was really funny. Actually, yeah. it was eventually made into the movie for your consideration. It's right. the character that Gene plays in that. Uh-huh. Um, the Dorkman Orfkin Agency. That's D-O-A. <laughs> and, um, and so Gene was like Manny Orfkin or something. Uh-huh. And, and Chris was Donald Dor- Dorf Dorkman. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, so that was a pilot uh, we made for HBO um, and I did with Chris. And then that didn't, that didn't go, but then he called me right as soon as it was not picked up, and uh, he said, "Listen, I'm doing a movie about dogs in Toronto. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in Vancouver. And uh, would you be interested in coming?" I said, "Sure." And he says, "Well, one thing, you know, just so you know, I want you to play uh, the gay guy. I'm gonna, you're one of the gay guys with uh, with McKeon. So yeah. I hesitated in didn't really hesitate to him, but in my mind, I was like, "Oh God," because I just come off this <laughs> long line of gay things. <laughs> I'd done two years of playing the lead gay character in this New York hit called Jeffrey uh-huh. by du- uh, Paul Rudnick. Paul, yeah, Rudnick, yeah. I was Jeffrey. Yeah. And I did it for two years. You were gay for two I years. I was so gay. The whole thing was gay, gay, gay. And I, and, and then I had played a couple of gay things in movies or television. I was like, oh, I'll gay it out. And, <laughs> and, I, and then he says, I want you to play the gay. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Absolutely, of course. Chris yeah, Guest, yeah, you know, yeah. this is Guffman, this is you know, Spinal Tap, I'm not going to... Right. Know, this is wonderful. And yeah. I just worked with him, and it was awesome. Right. We did, we did this yeah, deal. Yeah. Wonderful. We had a great yeah. time. Yeah. So, and then, what was interesting about it was that, you know, that we, there's never much prep for these things. Uh-huh. You know? Chris takes us to lunch, me and McKeon, sitting yeah. at lunch with Chris mm-hmm. and Gene, who was a co-writer. Yeah. Of the script. On all of them, yes. apparently, yeah. Yes, and the script is a interesting concoction. It, it looks like a... At the end, it looks like a film script with numbered scenes and then, but, but there's no, no dialogue. dialogue. There's right. nothing there. Yeah, it just says they enter the hotel and there's no hotel room. That's scene sixty-seven. That's Tuesday. We're yeah. like, okay, here we go. You know, and but that's exciting. Sure, it's, yeah. it can be great. It can be horrifying and terrible too. Why? Because sometimes it doesn't work, <laughs> and then there <laughs> then you, you are. Get, you get to do it again, and then you do it. Well, yeah, but you got to keep moving. These are not expensive movies. You just yeah, have yeah, to keep, yeah. You have to stay on schedule. So, but he seems to find something. So you're saying some things don't make it into the movie. Oh God, <laughs> the, the, the numbers are spectacular. I mean, what makes it in the movie is a tiny, tiny well, that's sliver. Like that, well, that was always the sort of the story about Spinal Tap that they they shot like sixty hours. Sure, so. it's you yeah. know, Gutter Dummerong. You but know, that, it's yeah. like you know, Showa is what they shot, and what you get is 
<laughs> Spinal Tap, you know. And it's odd that it was the actual first cut was as sad as Shoah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they really had to work on yeah, that. They, they really made those characters. They were horribly sad characters. They had to hone and hone to get oh, it funny. Oh, God. So that was it. And and um, what was t- tough, though, was that I remember Chris in the, in the lunch saying to yeah. me and Michael, it'd be great. He never tells you what to do. Right. He trusts everybody. It's interesting. That, that's the one thing I'll say about Chris Guest, uh, which is unlike any other director, is he, they always talk about being direct, uh, actors, directors, and things like, he's the real deal, because what he does is he gives you responsibility, and nobody does that. Well, that's what, you know, I just talked to Walter Hill, and he said something very interesting about what people think the actor-director relationship is, that the director directs the actor, and it's like, and he was like, no, you hired the guy to do the job. You already hired him. (laughs) Exactly. He's a professional. (laughs) Exactly. He's got a bag of skills. That's why you hired him. Right. Right. Yeah. And so many times, critics have said, you know, after I I do a performance that works, they'll say something like, and the director pulled this out of John Michael Higgins or something like that. I was like, that was not what happened at all. (laughs) He was sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it happened, I have to say. But but, uh, anyway, so Chris, uh, he doesn't tell us much, but I remember him saying like, it'd be nice if you guys were like happy because everyone else, the, every relationship is, is, is Strange. In, in free fall in yeah, that movie. Yeah. It's, a terror, it's a movie oh, yeah, about those with, relationships. Is that what the one Parker Posey had her braces? They, yes, they, they both had braces. Oh, yeah. Hitchcock had a pair of braces. And, Hitchcock's funny, dude. Oh, he's, I'm, the big, I'm his biggest, I mean, maybe I'm not his biggest What's fan. What's he he's do that, now? Where's he on? He's, he and I still work together. We, we, we're, 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 we're in an improv thing we do together every now and then when we have time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's really fun. And, um, I, I forced myself to do that, sort of castor oil, because- Well, it uh, keeps you in shape. It's like the gym. It does. Yeah, so you go out and just riff? Yeah, well, it's an improv thing. So we go out there with, you know, it's like a theme-type improv. Thing. Uh-huh. The audience gives us- Well, it's a- like me. It's like doing short sets at a stand-up club. It's like, you know, you got to keep in shape. You got to keep that those muscles working. I know. Every time I drive, you know, east, when you know, when the Morongo Casino billboards show up and there'll be some famous comedian, I was like, God bless you, man. God bless you. Well, he's he's not doing that to stay in shape. He's doing that for money. He's do- okay. That's the money one. <laughs> yeah, the comedy store is to stay in shape. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. If someone's at the Morongo Casino, they're going, like, oh fuck, really? They. I don't want. But some of those guys are so rich. You see, you see the billboard. I don't know like, why. So, I don't what understand. What is that? Can you please explain it? I, what? Why that, they keep making money? Why is the most famous person on the world on that billboard at the Morongo? Because he's making a quarter of a million dollars, probably. From from doing two or three nights of is probably is, really like what like Seinfeld or somebody. But why do you need a quarter of a million dollars? You, if you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. I work out of my garage and I'm ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they. Keep, I have hope to keep. you haven't retired yet because we still have this one to. The, no, no, this the, is going the, up. This no, one's going up. Saying. Okay. No, I'm not retiring, but I I I don't know. I always ask myself that about the nature of my ambition because you see these guys that you know you you got to have enough money. So why you do it? But then, then you go like, well, why wouldn't you want to keep working? I'm like, I don't. I would. I. I'd like to believe that I'd like to stop working. I would too. Right. So that's a different mindset. <laughs> I guess so. It's sort of a working class mindset. I guess once you get a billion dollars, you're like, let's just keep going. Let's <laughs> like. And sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes I think people honestly are sort of like, what do you think? I want to be at home. You think um, I want? What do you? I want to yeah. sit there. Have you seen what it's like at my right, house? Exactly yeah. that kind of thing, or just like people, you know, die spiritually if they're not engaged. I mean, you know, what does retirement really mean? And and then I think like if you're a funny guy or an actor, and you, and some of those muscles start to go soft, yeah. then you get you get the fear back, and then all of a sudden you get yourself into a position where even if you want to work, you're like I can't. I don't. 
You're right. You know, I honestly, before going on stage, when like a Hitchcock and I are doing this thing, yeah. we go, you know, I feel the fear that I used to feel when I was 18. It comes before back. I, yeah, going on stage, and that was that produces incredible results. That that fear and that good results. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like you go through a period where you're like, I'm not afraid, and I got this. But like you know, I ma- I imagine after a certain age, you're sort of like, this is exhausting. This fear thing. Totally there. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm shaking in my boots right now. <laughs> I don't need this shit. You're like, what am I doing? I'm not, <laughs> this was fun once. So you think that like when we pass those billboards that that's what those guys are up to? Well, no, I know some of them. You know, it's like, my question is, is like, how much money do you really need? And I have to assume that for some of them, it's really about staying relevant. And it's not necessarily about making the money. They, it's very easy for them to make a lot of money at a certain level because people want to see them and the casinos like having them. They bring people to the casino. Casinos are a special thing. I don't do them. I don't have that kind of audience. If I do a casino, my audience is like, we never come here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's 12 of them and they're like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know they had buffets. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I don't a shrimp on that. Buffet. We avoid this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I think it's it's a mixture of of staying relevant and staying in the game, and uh, and also like it's easy money. Wow. I think for some of them, you just I know I see those faces like the last thing they need is money. They're like choked with money. They have money poison. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a bad look. The money poison. It's, it's yeah. I really it's, feel it's, terrible for those people. Your like, skin starts. Yeah, out. I mean, how it, how do you live with all that money? That must be difficult. Tough. <laughs> tough. You know money poisoning. You know when you see it. Sure, sure. It's all you know, over we, this town. I know. Yeah. It's like it's unmistakable. It's yeah. like you might as well have a, a cold sore on your but lip. The funny thing about this town is it's hard to differentiate between money poisoning and that's the last car they have. They don't have anything else but that car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're There's pretend that, money you're poisoning. You're right. That is the pretend pretending to be sick with yeah, money. Yeah. And no, it, it's a lot of that in that town. It's a, still those are the, the yeah. saddest stories. It's oh. like, you know, when you learn, uh, you know, they, they're leasing a car, but they can't afford an apartment. Right. There's no no water in the pool. Right. Weeds. Yeah. it's. I think there's less of that now. Maybe I'm wrong. I, uh, I don't know. No. God, no. you never know. You never know what's going on in those houses. So, but you work with a lot of, like, what other directors, who were some of the directors that you work with that were actually hands-on like that? Oh, a lot of theater directors. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, Autory yeah. type theater yeah, directors, yeah. which is good. You know, you always learn. But not so much in film and television? Yeah. Uh, some, you know, I think, you know, I, 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 I've done a movie, I did a movie with Ridley Scott once. I found that very interesting. Which one? Uh, G.I. Jane. Oh, yeah. And with, it's uh, not, you know, it, Moore. with uh, De- Demi. Demi Moore. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's not alien, but it's interesting to watch somebody like that maneuver around a set or what he sees and what he doesn't care about. I just found that all very, very interesting. I'm not a huge film person myself it's not in terms of like appreciating it as an art i i was when i was younger i don't i don't consume the products and i don't really consume entertainment products Mm -hmm. much it's not it doesn't what do you do read books do you yeah music yeah but i don't i don't do a whole i don't know where people find time well so much and how do you know what to watch and then when you do watch something people are like you got to watch all 90 of them i I know i can't the onion had a great uh headline my wife showed it to me man no uh, you know area man no longer taking suggestions for things to watch on television (laughs) (laughs) 
That's funny. Not good. Yeah, it's yeah. A good but one. I feel that way. I I feel like that too. The, you know, it's the golden age of television. Everything is good, and you know. The, but it's not television anymore. It's just the golden age of, just, of 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 uh, something that is shot like television, but could be on your phone. It could be anywhere. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've to... done those. I've done I've done several movies that are that are like video or you know internet to, only or yeah. whatever it is That's for like Amazon and stuff. Or? Yeah, for all kinds of. Well, they get traction now. They do. Like, I did my own show for four seasons. I was involved in everything, and now I shot this thing for Netflix, and I don't know what's going to... Doesn't that make you crazy? Totally. I do. Yeah, it I does. Can, I feel very disconnected from... But, like, aren't you like, I have no idea how I came off? You don't know. How many did you shoot? This is my thing. It's like, how many did you a, shoot? We shot 10. Yeah, right. So, you know, that's the way it is now. Yeah, that's what and, I did, and I don't know. Yeah, everyone's you, telling me I'm great. Well, I mean, what how yeah. what is what measure, me? did is you have a measure on the set? Honestly, I'm a I'm a theater person, so what's happening is I'm acting and yeah. what I'm out of the corner of my eye, the way I used to watch audiences. Yeah. I'm looking at the f- focus puller. Yeah. <laughs> is he smiling? That's all I got. Is his shoulders bump, bump, bumping because I said something funny? I have nothing else to go on. <laughs> the focus puller. Focus puller. It's like, he likes it. You don't even pull the director aside. You kind of walk up. No, like, no. The directors hey, are now buried behind a yeah, bunch of monitors. You never see with them. the writers. No, never, no, no. The executives. Talking to the executives. Yeah. Is it funny when he, is it, how about yeah, did you yeah, laugh? Yeah, yeah. You're just you know? talking to the gaffer. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Did hey, you? was it good when I, t- yeah. on, I honestly do that. Sure, you got I go. I'll go to anybody, a gaffer, an electrician. I say, is it funnier when I say this or that? I yeah. Say, do the first one. That was funny. Well, this is, uh, well, yeah, I, well, the thing is when, uh, when I was doing my own show in IFC, like I had writers and you know, they, you know, I trusted them and like I, and, and there was no live audience, but I knew, you know, we could do takes and I knew if it was funny and, uh, with this last show, it wasn't all jokes. So I, I didn't do as much of that, you know, and I had a good relationship with the writers and the directors and That's... I just trusted them. That's you know. all you can do. I mean, but there's do... some dudes who get on sets and they can't stop. They gotta, they yeah. gotta constantly. Sure, I know. And the thing is, I'm generally uh, my gig now. Yeah. Apparently, the, the why the buyers buy me if they do is because I'm going to come on there and I'm going to like really open it up and yeah, do yeah. hilarious improvs and yeah. shoot bits all over the room and you know what I mean? And it drives me bonkers. And that fear comes up? Totally. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe it's the only reason I'm still an actor because every time I have to step on a set, it's not I can't really slum. It's yeah. not like I'm playing a doctor with dialogue. Right. You know, it's like I'm supposed to like, Michael, just ignore the script. Go yeah. crazy. I'm like, I was <laughs> Not today. It's, it's not. A, gee, okay, uh, tell me what to say. Yeah, you know, please. I got nothing. So, yeah. well, I was fortunate in that. I guess I've done one of those. Yeah, with Joe Swanberg. That's why I'm growing the beard. He's oh. doing a, an all. It's all improv, improvised, but it's not. It doesn't have to be funny. Oh, see, that's great. That would that would be enlivening to me. Yeah, and and that that was that was good. You know, you're kind of coming from a natural place. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and it's like it's not. Well, I think Christopher Guest shoots serious. He doesn't does. He? You know, he doesn't. Christopher is not really attracted to punchlines so much. Mm-hmm. He likes well observed behavior. Right. And that's funny to him. That's yeah. That's yeah. more along the lines of what. And that's he has like. a vaudevillian streak. He has you know he has oh, some yeah, serious yeah. vaudevillian yeah. tendencies which yeah. are delightful. Right. Uh, but it's. But boy, if you can, if you can have a moment of really interesting behavior, just to 
telling or recognizable behavior that yeah. amuses or surprises, that's the gold, you know, for him. Well, that's better because that has depth without trying too hard. Yeah, absolutely. So wait a minute, you're doing, this is like dramatic stuff? Well, that... no, it's, uh, Joe Swanberg did this thing called Easy on Netflix and it's it, he did eight episodes and each episode is a separate character, a separate story. It's an anthology series. So the idea was to revisit these characters, you know, yearly for as long as they'll let him. Right. So we're kind, you know, so we're coming back a year later to my character that I established in this one episode. Uh-huh. And uh it's a very loose sort of outline. And you know, the it was kind of touching. The whole thing turned out to be pretty touching. I mean, the character is kind of funny, and I think there's definitely funny moments because of the situation, but it was not it's not really done as a it wasn't done as a comedy. I know he was using me and I can be funny. But, you know, this guy is sort of like uh, over, you know, a past his prime graphic novelist who, you know, had some success when they made something, a movie years ago. And now he's, you know, the first one was really about me putting out a new book that he didn't think anyone gave a shit about and then getting involved with some young woman who's an artist who sort of exploits him. And it was kind of a little heavy, but funny and endearing. Do you feel a burden when you're doing it to... Well, this yep. guy's very close to me. I have a wheelhouse. I, I don't call myself an actor. It's like, can you? I'm not going to be doing any accents or putting on any weight. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the I am the beard. I can, yeah. I can do that. You I can, can manage. You're doing great. Yeah, and uh, and the thing I did for Netflix was as an as an actor, which I don't really consider myself, but I did learn how to do it. You know, over time doing stand up in my own show was that you know the character I played for the gorgeous lady to, ladies of wrestling was like me but not neurotic so it was really a matter of turning something off uh. you know but i felt a little insecure but it was scripted and then i started thinking about you guys who do it for your life i'm like this is good you know like j just do it like like uh, mammoth says you know just like it's there on the page that's your responsibility your responsibility is to the script i'm like Great, and when they were like, "Go ahead and do a, a wing one," I'm like, "Why? It's it was it's, it's fine." <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm total. Yeah, I would wing it, but it's like I didn't want to go overboard. I didn't want to be too much of me. So I I, I respect the ability to improvise in character as much as you did, uh, you know, with these Christopher Guest things, because you got to be pretty solid in that thing to evolve that character. Yeah, and one of the big tricks of it I always found was like if Chris says to me. You know, we're doing a movie, and like the last one we did, yeah. it's like you are the, uh, you're, you know, you're you're running a, a a cable network called the Gluten Free Network. Which one's this? This movie? Uh, this thing is it's on Netflix now. It's called uh, Mascots. Oh, okay. Oh, is that out? Yeah. So it's on. It's on Netflix. I, I think it's on Netflix. And and the, and and really what what I'm hearing is it. He says one little thing. Yeah. Michael, I want you to play a a, a, a guy who runs a, a cable network. Called uh, uh, gluten free gluten free channel. Yeah. What I hear is, I he I now need to know, and I'm not a methody type guy, but yeah. I do know as an improviser. Yeah. The the sweet spot is as much tr as much reality as possible, and then you when you so when you stray off to the left on that one line, it real it really works. It right. really sings because yeah. everything is buyable. Right. They buy 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 buy, right, and they're right. like that's crazy. Yeah. You know? And that is like for me a ton of research. I have to figure out what cable executives do 
what they do all day, why they do it. And then I have to figure out what what gluten-free means for real. Yeah. You know, because this guy knows. Yeah. And that's what he's going to be talking about. Right. In his in his most relaxed sure, state. Sure, I sure. want to I want to be the guy in the most relaxed state. Right. Where he's comfortable. Oh, right. Because then, and then it's, and then anything I say works. Right. As opposed to me scrounging around for something that's going to work. Right. If you put yourself on a laugh clock on these improv things, you're going to get fucked eventually. Right. The clock will run out of. And then you're, and if you don't have something to ground it, you're just, it's empty. You've shot, you've got no more bullets. Yeah. You're, you're empty. You're not the bag. You're not, yeah. You're done. <laughs> yeah. And so well, well, I think that's right. I, I think that like I that that's something the research is, you know, so you can put it together. You know, like I and you have to do that because you act a lot. I think with that thing I did in Easy, the jump from this guy being a graphic artist and, and a comic book writer, you know, was easy for me that he lived through that. Sure. Yes. You know what I mean? But that was it. You know, so I needed I talked to a a, a guy who does that. I'm like, yeah. what kind of pens? You know, what's the name of the brand right. that everyone needs? And I didn't end up using any of it, but it gave me the sort of dedication, like, you know, the board that you work on, you know, I I, I needed to, so I guess I did that and I, I guess it's about me now. I, I did that intuitively. I think that's right because it, you, you're basically giving yourself, always giving yourself a place to go just because you have this information. It's strangely the opposite of the way I believe good stage work is done. I actually don't think that doing a lot of research if you're playing an O'Neill play is going to help. It's going Actually, it's probably going to send you down the garden path. You're probably going to go off into the weeds because you're not playing what he wrote. Right, you're trying too hard. You're doing something that's not in the script. It's, right. not, it's not his, it's not what he saw. He, the words he put on the paper because he saw it this way right. and the world includes this and doesn't include that. Right. And then the more close, the more closely you hone to that, like you were saying with Mamet, yeah, the better off you're going to be. The more you close the world in theater, the more, the more sure. possibilities there are. Strangely, well, it's interesting because with this sort of method approach, and I've seen performances like that where you know somebody's going to do a different thing with Miller or whatever, and it's I mean it's relative to the emotional capacity of the actor. But if you go way outside of it, you know, but people do that with Shakespeare all the time. Well, Shakespeare does uh, very uh, notably does not write stage directions, and he doesn't write subtext. He mm-hmm. writes everything a character says is true. Everything anybody says is true, unless he makes a big point about them lying. So uh, most of the the uh, this sort of like renegade or not re- that's the wrong word. The experimental Shakespeare is about location. Yeah, you're you're really reduced to. We're like, doing this in an on a on the wing of a plane. Exactly, <laughs> not Nazi uniforms. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll that'll that's really like, as if Othello needs you to bring anything to the party. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got the whole meal waiting for you. You know, I had McKellen in here. Did you? Yes. What did he say? Well, he was great. He He's did great. this monologue at the end. He did? Oh, my God. That's fun. Right in my face. Right in your face. Because I said I didn't understand Shakespeare, and then he did this beautiful- <laughs> No, darling. Well, he did a thing from this, uh, about immigrants from, mm-hmm. uh, from another- It wasn't from, it was from one of the, uh, uh, not a, one of the bigger plays. Mm-hmm. And it, like, again, I should know this piece. I experienced it. But it was completely relevant. And because I said I didn't understand it, he sat there- and delivered it to me, he says, and I'm like crying. You I'm want like, relevance? Oh, Listen yeah. to this, boy, yeah. man. That was something awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Have you ever worked with him? I haven't. No, big Why fan then? though. You should. I know. So you you got to get back in the Shakespeare racket. I know, but there's, I can't. Hmm. I mean, unless they're, yeah, I don't know. So the the, gr- the great news. 
Great news. <laughs> Great news. Yes, that's a television show that I'm on. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, it'll do well. And Your big part. They'll pick it. I do have a big part. I so play this, sort of this Brian Williams type. But have you had a recurring like that recently? or Like a, in, a in main- uh, uh, Like a main- Yes, like you're I have. Lead? I've had a few. Uh, yeah. Not, uh, the shows have either gone or didn't go, uh, you know, yeah. as, as it happens. But- this one sounds like it's got the got the juice. It's got. I mean, if you want to read tea leaves, which I wouldn't suggest, you know, not in show business. No, you're statistically you'll be in bad shape. But um, you can't have any hope at all. No, Michael. no hope. <laughs> no hope. It's all. It's Here, all. Look at us. It's not a meritocracy. It's not. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's what I said this morning. Yeah, it's not about. It's it not. Isn't, it really isn't. It really isn't. I mean, we have a lot of great things going for us. Yes. I, the the writing staff is. Very strong, mm-hmm. like that matters. I mean, for oh, God's sake, pick it it's apart. Just... <laughs> Network's gonna love this. We fucking it's a crapshoot. <laughs> but it's a, well, we've I've been there ten thousand times. Boy, how else am I supposed to look at it? Let me ask you. Am this. I supposed to wake up? You know, Pollyanna. You know, <laughs> this is it. Is, I got a great time. I would love to do this show. I had a really fun day. It's but, a what, great part. It's yeah, so funny. But what's your feeling about it? Did, was it funny? Was it yes. working with Andrea and you yes. riffing? And, yeah, yeah. I love Andrea. She's great. She is awesome. She's I'm, I'm, I'm in love. Was Tina around? Tina's, well, she's in New York with Robert Carlock, who's the other uh, executive But did producer. she drop by the set? Oh, yeah. She's yeah. around. She's very much involved every week. Yeah. She's doing another show at the same time that she's uh, has a different type of uh, involvement with. Yeah. So, but she's a totally present uh, producer. Yes, absolutely. Well, she's sounds so smart and so good. And it's it's a, it's a it's a fun world. It is. It is. I think. And the what's good for me is that the my character is very easy to write for. Yeah. And they they you know I, I think that's they have to the put best. their leash on every now and then because it's so easy to just go and go and go. And it's go. that's the best to have that guy oh. to be that guy to like you know after the, like the first two episodes they're like no oh, we can take this guy out oh you can yeah, just yeah. write you that you you don't even have to hold the pencil oh that's a it gift. just goes you know well, at least you're having fun it is super fun and god willing i can do more than 10 of them but uh yeah that's i don't know what i don't even know what the, who, what that's up to you have any movies uh well i'm i just finished pitch perfect three well that's good my my franchise yeah with and, uh with, with elizabeth banks She's my producer. Uh, she didn't direct this one, but she's she was in here. I enjoyed yes, her. She she's can be very funny. Very, oh, she's great. Yeah, we're, we we Talented we, we get along really well. And basically, that's that whole gig is an improv gig. Just me and her, just going blah blah blah. Oh, really? Yeah. And that 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 franchise is uh, at this point, you got to be getting a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was good improv. It was Thank all you. physical, and now yeah, I told you that's the type of stuff. that's great. No <laughs> one's gonna know what you just did. We'll keep it between us. Did you but see I'm the glad. paper bag? Huh? Paper, my yeah. paper bag did it too. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the thumb you pop up to the top. A little thumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a happy paper bag. This <laughs> 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 is great talking to you, man. Thank you very much for having me. It it, it could literally couldn't have been easier. You need directions, because- Tom. <laughs> I don't. I it, it, I did. I I'll say this to your listeners. Yeah. But the Google map said that it was actually faster for me to walk here and to drive. <laughs> now I know that. So when I'm feeling bad, maybe we could both have sad coffee when things don't. <laughs> down with the down with the hipsters down the hill. Sure, just me and you sitting there going like, oh, what's the uh, point? Look like at these guys with their twirly mustaches. Yeah, fucking billboard. What does Jesus that guy need money for? What is he? Why is he doing that, Mark? Yeah. 
That sounds great. What a good time. We got our retirement all planned. Let's start now. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thank you. That was fun, right? Small world, right? Right? Oh my god, my stomach's fucked up. I'm gonna play some some stomach blues.